This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stamball picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now with Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on, uh, well, I would usually say beautiful, but there's several inches of the stuff coming. Um, I don't know how beautiful that is. It sure will look good for like a Christmas card or something, but it's not good for racing, darn it. Thank goodness for the uh, Speed Weeks going down in Florida to keep us warm. We'll check in on all that and uh, some great interviews coming up tonight as well. All that is coming up, but first it's time to take a look at some things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. In case anyone thought that competitors in the dirt world would get a break with Kyle Larson signing at Hendrick Motorsports, you can think again. After picking up his second golden driller at the Chili Bowl Nationals, Larson jumped in a dirt late model at Alltech Raceway in Florida and dominated night number one of Speed Weeks for the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series by lapping up to eighth place and winning by over 15 seconds. Now tonight, nearly 80 cars are registered at the Winter Nationals opener in East Bay Raceway Park. Larson, however, is not one of them. Rackley War, or WAR, co-owned by Willie Allen and Curtis Sutton, announced today that their newly formed team will field the number 25 Chevrolet Silverado in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series with driver Timothy Peters. The team will begin full-time series competition coming up at Daytona. Peters enters his 17th season in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. In 248 series starts, Peters has amassed 11 wins, 59 top fives, and 129 top 10 finishes. Tony Stewart was back behind the wheel this weekend. He made the trip out to the desert for the Wild Wing shootout at Arizona Speedway. He picked up the win yesterday in the finale over Selzy, Neto, Abreu, and Elazen. And three months after scoring his first ARCA win at Kansas, Corey Heim announced a full-time ARCA Menard Series ride with Venturini Motorsports in 2021. The 2020 CRE Speedfest champion will continue running a super late model in 2021 with Jet Motorsports as his schedule allows. And finally, dealing with a penalty in inclement weather, Felipe Nasser and Pippo Darini, maybe, I don't know. That one's for you, Scott Menland. Raced their way to a Moto Pull Award for the 59th running of the Rolex 24 at Daytona. After the inaugural Moto Pull Award 100, the Rolex 24 team also includes reigning NASCAR Cup Series champion Chase Elliott and Mike Conway. Those things and much more happening in the Motor City 120 seconds. Uh, good evening. Rich France joins us from the Socially Distanced Horsepower Happening Studio. How are you? Great. Uh, got my snowblower ready to go for tomorrow, Zach. It looks <laughs> like we're going to... First time this year, I'm going to have to use my snowblower. So I, I 
that's what I think, anyway. I, I'm hoping that the meteorologists are incorrect tonight, but uh, hey. You know, we can't knows? complain. It's the end of January, and if that's the first time I have to use it up here in Michigan, then, you know, I, I shouldn't be complaining. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's not that bad. We'll get over it. It'll be fine. Uh, what's going on in uh, in the racing world, Rich? We've We've got a lot to cover tonight all of a sudden. Yeah, I had to kind of get caught up after my weekend uh, a week ago in Arizona where I had a great time out at the Wild West shootout. But, uh, Zach, have we've seen in recent years that NASCAR drivers have been throwing their hats into the ring to take a shot at the biggest super late model race in the country, the Snowball Derby. Now it seems that three-time and defending Daytona 500 champion Denny Hamlin has thrown his hat into the ring for the 2021 event. Uh, I have... I have maybe one race under my belt in my entire life in a super late model, Hamlin states. The end goal is to compete in the snowball derby. I'm going to spend the year kind of working through that process and trying to figure out what techniques I need uh, to have and learning and getting better. That way I can uh, continue to give back to the short track racing community. So uh, six uh, current full-time drivers in NASCAR's top three series have won the Snowball Derby in the past. They include Kyle Busch in 2009 and 2017, Chase Elliott 2011 and 2015, Eric Jones in 2012 and 13, Noah Gregson in 2018, John Hunter Nemechek in 2014, and Christian Eckes in 2016. Uh, Zach, and in some more news from the Super Late Models today, uh, Sammy Smith, who we've seen uh, at quite a few races at the major uh, Super Late Model events, this year, uh, he had been piloting the number 51 machine for Kyle Busch Motorsports in 2020, is moving to Donnie Wilson Motorsports for 2021. He will kick off his 2021 season at Speed Weeks in the World Series at New Smyrna uh, with a planned 10 to 12 race schedule. Uh, this move makes all the more sense, Zach, with the announcement today that Kyle Busch has shut down his super late, late model program uh, with that announcement uh no decision has been made if this is temporary or permanent at this time. We'll have to wait and see. But what we do know is that Smith uh, has does have another announcement that he is planning in a release in a couple of weeks. So, uh, Zach, we'll have to keep an eye out for more news coming from the camp of Sammy Smith. Were you as surprised as I was to see that KBM is uh, going to uh, bar up the uh, late model program? Yeah, I, I was – actually, I, I – read the Sammy Smith report before I read the Kyle Busch Motorsports sports report. And um, initially I said, well, what's Kyle Busch going to do? Are, are they just trying to move someone else into that 51 ride? Right. And, and maybe get or move Sammy up and get him a little, you know, have him over at Donnie, Donnie Wilson Motorsports. Uh, but then I saw that they shut down. Um, and the reason that Kyle Busch had stated that he is shutting down is that he doesn't have anyone really to take over the reins and run the program right now. So I'd, that was the statement from Kyle Busch. What that means, I don't know. They see, they seem to be uh, they always seem to have a good car when we seen have seen them show up at a racetrack, Zach. So well, here's uh, the thing: we'll, we'll have to see. Kyle Busch, uh, his expectation is to go out there and win every time his stuff's on the track, and uh, I got a feeling that the expectations are very high. And um, if you're not able to to meet that, the best option for him is to go ahead and just not worry about it and shut the program down. Well, Sammy Smith did a nice job, if we if you recall. Uh, he was king of the top fives in that 51 machine. Yeah, uh, he just couldn't get over. 
he couldn't get over that that runner-up spot, you know? One. So we'll have to see, Zach. Uh, you know, you you thought you would have thought that, uh, you know, if it was just a performance issue, Kyle Busch would have just put somebody else in that machine. But uh, he he chose to, to shut that program down. So we'll have to see uh, what uh, 2021 and beyond brings for that race team. And I'm not even, and I just want to clarify, and this will be the last thing on this, and then we can move on. I don't think it was a Sammy Smith performance issue. Sammy's a great driver. I think it is a Kyle Busch Motorsports super late model program. I think it's administration. If that administration can't run it 100%, you know, full throttle the way Kyle Busch wants it, he's not going to be able to be hands-off, and he's not going to be able to let it run. Um, so that's probably where it comes down to. And we lost. We watched Sammy Smith down at Snowball Derby. Uh, he ran outstanding mm-hmm. uh, all weekend long down there. So I don't I don't think it was a Sammy Smith in, no. issue. I don't uh, that young man knows how to wheel a race car for sure. Let's take a look at some interesting news. Uh, Kalamazoo Speedway, the state of Michigan, must-see racing. Uh, it's all happening, and uh, some big news this week. Must-see racing officials have announced that the Engine Pro American Speed U.S. Nationals will shift from Ohio's Lorraine Raceway Park to the Kalamazoo Speedway. The event will remain on its previously scheduled weekend, May 28th and 29th. The concept of the event was to create a national-winged sprint car event on pavement that will attract teams from across the country. Now, the move to Kalamazoo is seen by many as an enhancement for the event. The track is somewhat closer for teams coming from the West, along with its larger seating capacity and a rich history of hosting high-profile open-wheel events. MSR officials indicated that the move will be part of a long-term partnership with the West Michigan facility. The event will offer a purse of more than $30,000, with $5,000 going to the winner of the 50-lap feature. National television and media outlets SpeedSport and MAV-TV will also be on hand for the event, with a tape-delayed broadcast planned for a later date. This is an enhancement of an already strong open-wheel schedule for Kalamazoo. They announced additional auto value bumper-to-bumper super sprints dates. They've already got some must-see dates, uh, had some must-see dates on the calendar. They've got uh, the, uh, uh, I can't remember exactly what they're called, the modifieds. Uh, the, uh, what are they called, Rich? Are they outlaw modifieds? Super modifieds. Super modifieds, thank you. Uh, they've got super modifieds on the calendar already. Kalamazoo on the pavement side is like an open wheel machine for 2021. Yeah, and you know, Zach, I, I had I was at the uh, I made the trip uh, to the uh, cavalcade uh, back in October, I believe is when it was for the first time in 25 years over at Lorraine Raceway Park uh, when Brandon Short picked up the Outlaw Late Model victory over there. And uh, you know, if they talk about seating, yeah, Kalamazoo can seat probably three times as many people as as Lorraine Raceway Park. Um, you know, they they don't have a if large we're if we're allowed to area. be at capacity. If we're allowed to be at capacity, well, that and and we'll have to see by May if if that's the case. I mean, if I think if you're if you're taking a limited capacity, and let's say you're allowed to have forty or fifty percent in May, you're still better off at the Kalamazoo Speedway because they, I don't know what their limit is, but it's got to be ten to twelve thousand people out there. So if they if that means they can put five or six thousand in the seats, then then all the better. Yeah, absolutely. Some other big news going on, uh, Rich. We had a little bit of a connection to some racing going on down south. Yeah, Zach, uh, heading into Saturday's inaugural Florida Fest 150, and we we kind of joked about that, uh, which was originally supposed to be the rescheduled CRA Speed Fest event until its cancellation. Uh, 
Michigan native Steve Doerr's last visit to Victory Lane came back in 2019 when he won an outlaw super late model feature at New Paris Speedway. And it had been even longer since he won in his current home state of Florida, that coming at 417 Southern Speedway back in 2017. But with $15,000 on the line, he brought an extra tools act to help him snap his winless streak at Showtime Speedway. And that would be a broom. The former uh, Red Bud winner swept the night by setting fast time in Flor at Florida Fest, uh, in Florida Fest qualifying, that is, before driving uh, through the field from his eighth starting position and recording the win and a huge payday. He methodically worked his way to the front, getting by Anthony Sergi with 50 laps to go after a spirited battle. Uh, not even a late yellow was any match for Dorer, who skated away uh, with the win in the inaugural event. Southern Super Series stars Stephen Nassi, Kyle Plott, and Jeremy Pate engaged in a round of bumper tag in the final 20 laps as they battled for second around the tight quarter mile. Uh, hometown favorite Nassi prevailed to take the runner-up spot for the second straight race held at Showtime. Plott and Pate settled behind Nassi for third and fourth, respectively. Uh, and former Showtime Speedway track champion George Gorham Jr. rounded out the top five. The other thing I love about that story is, so Steve Doerr, a Coldwater, Michigan native, um, he was piloting an FLF race cars chassis down there at Florida, which, of course, comes from right here in the state of Michigan. Um, Florida is like Florida's like the Michigan, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, uh, like a hub <laughs> in the winter. All the Michigan stuff goes to Florida for the for a couple of months. Yeah, you know, I don't know what, you know, he, he had some race cars. I don't know if he they just weren't ready yet or he's got plenty of race cars uh, in his in his race car engineering shop. But, uh, you know, he he hooked up with Tim Curry and boy, that that uh, that worked out to be a, a very, very nice thing for him because that car dominated down at Showtime this week. And what a drive to to we say come through the field. But man, on that quarter mile racetrack, even starting from eighth uh, to end up first is a feat in itself. So nice job to Steve. And a nice win for FLF uh, down there in Florida. Five times, speaking of Florida, five-time USAC Silver Crown champion and three-time Little 500 winner Cody Swanson is going to put the fenders on and drive a super late model and a pro late model fielded by none other rich than Team Platinum in the 55th Annual World Series of Asphalt Stock Car Racing February 4th through the 13th at New Smyrna Speedway in New Smyrna Beach. Swanson's participation is a direct result of his desire to expand into forms of racing that are new to him. He's proven to be a quick learner. You'll remember last season, Swanson, the winningest driver in USAC's top series, the Silver Crown, won in his first ever start in the Indy Pro 2000 Formula Car Series. Then in the latter part of IndyCar's Road to Indy program, uh, well, I should say which is part of the uh, Road to Indy program, he also made his Arkham Menards Stock Car Series debut and finished 8th at Iowa Speedway before debuting in a late model stock cars race at Hickory Motor Speedway and finished 2nd in just his second start. He's also won and finished on the podium in vintage sports car events at Daytona. Look out, because here comes Cody Swanson to the late model world, and I think we all kind of wondered last week when Travis Braden announced that he was not going to return to Team Platinum, we kind of wondered who's going to fill the seat of that very competitive car. I wonder if things go well down at New Smyrna, Rich, if Cody Swanson sits in that seat a little bit more this year. You know, I don't know, Zach. I mean, with his with his schedule, 
with USAC, and and he's not going to give give that up for sure. Um, I don't know that he has time to compete at the events that Team Platinum usually goes to. Uh, we see them all all the time at the major races at, for Champions Racing Association, um, Southern Super Series events. So I don't know if they're going to have that kind of time. I didn't honestly know. Um, you know, when we had when we had found out after Winchester that Travis Braden um, was looking for another ride for the Snowball Derby, I didn't know the the Team Platinum thing was permanent. Um, looks like it is. Travis Braden has moved on with in another direction. Um, so we'll have to see what's going on. But uh, you know, it's no secret Cody Swanson is a wheelman. He is proving that he can wheel just about anything if you give him a lap or two to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> And that's about all it takes when you're that good. Here's the thing. Um, uh, CRA director um, Glenn Luckett said that he anticipates seeing Cody at a couple of CRA events this year. So um, I'm guessing that Cody's going to find some time for that Team Platinum seat. Um, I'm not sure what the benefit is for him. Obviously, being more time in a race car is a benefit. But um, I don't know if this is part of a road to maybe more ARCA races uh, or, or what the deal is. I'm, I'm not sure what Cody wants to do with his career right now. He's the winningest driver in USAC Silver Crown history. You would think he'd be able to get almost any ride that he wants. Yeah, and, you know, USAC, pretty popular in Indiana. So we'll, are we? If, if he has a race down there, depending on his schedule, we're going to see him at the Winchester 400. And uh, I would venture to guess that with what he's going through now, we may just see Cody Swanson in that Team Platinum machine uh, down at the Snowball Derby in 2021. Here's one statistic that I want to find out, and uh, some of our listeners may already know this. How many drivers, Rich, have won the Little 500 and the Red Bud 400 in the same season, and could Cody Swanson do that this year? He could. I, I'm going to say zero have done it, and would I be right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, you, you, you talk about guys like Tyler Roerig that have probably raced in both in the same season that maybe could go out there and try to do that. Um, Cody Swanson, as you mentioned, a wheelman, and he knows his way around Anderson Speedway. Um, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if maybe that could be on yeah. the ticket this year. Yeah, you know, we usually – there's not a whole lot of super late model drivers that um, – you know, that we see actively competing, you know, in the champ car world, you know, they just, uh, usually they, they, they stay in the open wheel cars, the midgets, uh, wing sprint cars, something like that. Uh, obviously this is not a problem for Cody Swanson because you just give him a little bit of hot laps and a little bit of time to learn the race car. Uh, and he can be very competitive. So we'll have to keep an eye on Cody Swanson throughout the summer. Speaking of the Redbud 400, we had news today that uh, it's no longer the uh, the uh, the Redbud 400 that we've come to know and love. As far as the naming rights go, we're going to add Greg Hubler Automotive Group to the naming rights for the Redbud 400. Um, pretty exciting, uh, I guess. Uh, kind of a new chapter in Redbud 400 history. Does it flow, though? <laughs> we're gonna have to practice it <laughs> we'll have to practice it a little bit exactly but uh, uh by the way know. the event good point rich uh the event now will be known as the 55th annual greg hubler automotive group red bud 400 i think that flows okay just yeah, gotta we'll practice, practice it a little bit <laughs> uh by the way that race is coming up monday july 12th in 2021 so there you go uh rich it is officially the end of season two tonight we are kind of a weird uh 
layout as far as that goes. We get 51 events per year because we take either Memorial Day or Labor Day or maybe we rotate them. I don't know. We get one week off a year. It's not Christmas. It's not New Year's. It's not Thanksgiving. Um, and it's the end of season two. And my gosh, what a season it was. And for two years now, we've been looking at each other on Monday nights and just having a ball, uh, you know, having more fun than we deserve. Right, Zach? Oh, man, uh, I tell you what, uh, this on is Monday great. Nights. I love it. We've had some great moments this year. Um, and I tell you what, getting through the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic uh, was probably one of the more challenging things we've ever done in our professional career. But it led us to talk to some amazing people. We had a chance to sit down and chat with um, Jeff Striegel. We got a chance to talk uh, and learn some more about the iRacing platform, which was our life for uh, about a month or so. While NASCAR and IndyCar and everybody had to take a pause, local racing, of course, was not happening at that time. Um, and, uh, you know, we learned some more about iRacing. Chris Foby came into the picture and kind of said, you guys are goofy for uh, for thinking so poorly about iRacing. And now, Rich, as I sit here behind my iRacing simulator steering wheel and shifter, um, I'm a changed man. <laughs> Well, you took it a little farther than I did, okay? I mean, yeah, it. you know, I remember back, uh, yeah, I remember back in March and April, and we were a, a little nervous. How are we going to fill time when we don't know what's happening? And there wasn't anything going on. And, you know, kind of a little bit like everybody else is going through, we had to figure out how are we going to do this. And we found a way. Yeah. And then, luckily, in May, everything started slowly coming back. Mike Blackmere, uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend, the one to take the step out onto the ledge. Mike Blackmere saves season two. He has no idea how much. <laughs> and, and you know, that was great because I had a ball, uh, probably one of the more exciting events. Obviously, what I've covered in a long time is I covered uh, a majority of the All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series events at Merritt and Tri-City. I think I covered eight out of ten of them. Um, just had a ball with those guys. You know, we knew them from the ethanol tour, those late model guys. And they're so accommodating. They, they, they'll talk to you. They'll give you all the time in the world. They're, they really support the program. So all of those guys, I want to thank them for Because w without them, um, we wouldn't have anything to talk about uh, on Monday nights. Backing up a little bit chronologically, uh, we should mention that we uh, pretty much start our seasons with Speed Week's coverage. And uh, so, of course, we kind of ended the season prior and started this season with talking about Speed Fest with CRA. Then, of course, all of the uh, Speed Weeks coverage, which was really cool to follow all the local guys that were down there. And we're hoping to have some more local guys down there again in 2021. And then, Rich, it's weird to think about that timeline. Like you mentioned, we did a special show from the Lane Automotive Safety Summit on Saturday, March 7th. And then that following week, we started reporting that some tracks were canceling events because of COVID-19 cases in their county. Shortly thereafter, the uh, Thal Brawl event got canceled for the Mars series, which we were planning on attending. And after that, it was like clammed up until about Memorial Day weekend when we finally started getting some tracks around here to go. And uh, how much fun we had, man. We got to cover... Once you put that beside us, behind us, we got to cover the All-American 400. We got to go down and cover the Winchester 400. We had a chance to cover some fantastic dirt racing here in the state of Michigan, including Dirt Car Summer National Hell Tour Week in Michigan. We covered every event of the Hell Tour schedule. As you mentioned, the All-Star Performance Challenge Series 
And uh, let's not leave out the pavement folks. We covered Owasso Nationals. We covered racing at Berlin. Uh, those were about the only two pavement tracks that got anything in, but it was our pleasure and it was a lot of fun to be able to go there. Yeah, and we you forgot uh, one you didn't mention. We were able to go down to the Snowball Derby for yes. the first time yep. uh, together, and, and we covered that event. Uh, I was at the Glass City 200, thank yep. gosh, yep. Uh, that they that they that Toledo Speedway was able to get open for a few events. Uh, so I, I covered that and the Arkham Menard Series event at Toledo. And then, uh, you know, right when you think uh, you're just about out of racing, I went out to Arizona and <laughs> went ahead and had a little bit of fun at the Wild West shootout. So uh, just kind of spacing it out a little bit, uh, having some fun. And I think I'm going to in about four weeks, head down to Florida and maybe catch me some a little more late model racing down there. So super late model racing. So we really have, um, you know, this is not what we planned for a year when, when we said, Hey, no you want to come on and do this podcast with Zach? Uh, yeah. The first season was fine. We surely uh, couldn't have had a rougher time with what we started out with in season two, but uh, season three looks to be outstanding with everything that we got going uh, God forbid. We are looking forward to some uh, All-Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series coverage this year. We'll be your home for that once again for Horsepower Happenings in, in Merritt and Tri-City. Of course, we'll also be bringing you plenty of Great Lakes Super Sprints, Great Lakes Traditional Sprints coverage this year with uh, our association with Barry Marlowe and everything they've got going on. How about uh, Champion Racing Association? We'll be covering their events very closely this year. And we've got some great new contributors for Season 3, including uh, our own Chuck Darling. Chris Foby from Springport is on board, as is Brian Osborne. Um, and then, of course, uh, Rich France, you and, and myself. And uh, we're also going to bring on a guy that's very familiar to uh, doing some news work in the racing industry, and that's going to be Big Ed. He's going to be doing some contributing for us as well. And uh, so we're just we're really looking forward to season three and the opportunities that we have to really be your home for Michigan and Great Lakes region auto racing. Yeah, I mean we've been doing this show, me and you. It's about time we're getting some talent on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I tell you what, it's been a lot of fun, and we appreciate all the new folks who have discovered Horsepower Happenings over the last few months. We hope you stay tuned for the ride into Season 3, which will begin next Monday. Don't go anywhere. The show is not over, Rich. It's time to get into the meat and potatoes of why we do Horsepower Happenings. This is another one. Chalk this up to why is this the first time they've been on the program, but it is uh, the first time that we've welcomed this racetrack and this individual to our show. Let us know who we're talking to tonight. Well, we're working our way through the area, through the regions, Zach, so it takes a little while sometimes, but uh, all the tracks in our region are racing to get their schedules complete, and uh, this gentleman is no exception. A couple of big announcements in recent weeks. We'll try to get some more out of him if we can. He is the owner-promoter of Hartford Motor Speedway, along with his wife, Leah. Tim Dibble, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hello, and thank you. Tim, uh, you guys weren't as fortunate in 2020 as several other dirt tracks in our region. Um, you were kind of actually idle most of 2020 until September, I believe. Talk about what that was like for you guys. Uh, it was pretty interesting. You know, you this is our eighth year at the track, and you get used to that summer grind, and it was kind of weird having a summer kind of off a little bit. So, but we got the track ready basically in about two weeks' time, me and my helpers, and uh, we got to put on three events that all went pretty good. Now we move into 2021, and 
all the promoters we've spoken with uh, to date seem to be very optimistic in regards to the upcoming season, maybe sprinkled with a little pessimism, I guess. Um, is that kind of where you're at as well? Yeah, you know, Michigan is kind of a weird state right at this point in time compared to the rest, but I think we're going to be all right. You know, we're we're planning our schedule and moving forward just like we're going to be fine and in hopes that we are. Tim, I want to talk about uh, the family aspect of it for you because one of my favorite things is, uh, you know, following along with uh, your wife, Leah, on social media and uh, your guys' boy there who's kind of the uh, racetrack ambassador. Um, what is it like for you to to be able to do this with your family and, and to have this sort of um, common denominator that you guys can all get together at the races and just have a great time throughout the summer? Yeah, it's really cool, you know. We uh, we call Hartford Speedway kind of a racing family, and when Timmy had his health issues there, you know, the drivers and the fans and everybody really came together to help us and support us and still have, you know, unfortunately with this COVID thing, you know, we have to take it a little more serious with his ailments in his immune system, as most people do, so it has kind of hindered us in a way, but all in all, it's really a great thing. You know, people like seeing him at the track on Fridays and seeing us, and uh, it's kind of cool. You know, you brought up uh, a great moment. Rich and I have talked about this on the show, that uh, that the motorsports community is one of the most giving uh, when there's somebody in need. I remember, uh, maybe it was about three years ago, when, when you guys ran into a rough section with Timmy, um, and you had race car drivers from all over the state, all over the region, auctioning off doors and auctioning off autographed this, that, and the other thing, packages for T-shirts. How was your guys' response to that? I mean, what was were you just completely overwhelmed with the love that you, you felt from the community? Yes, we were. It was totally unbelievable. I mean, there was people that we didn't even, like you said, from other states and stuff that we didn't even know that were donating doors and doing things. And and uh, there's, there's a lot of good people left in this world. You know what I mean? It, it's surprising when you need help, um, people jump in and take care of that. So, Tim, let's get into some of your announcements. Uh, you had a couple of announcements that you posted. One um, that uh, I was pretty amazed about, and that is the Summer Hell Tour coming back to Hartford. Yep. Uh, I think the last time they are there was a couple years, maybe three years ago, and we've worked on it at different points in times, and it just didn't work out. And I know that the, the Hell Tour is running a little bit different schedule now. They're actually doing like two different weeks in Michigan. So that opened up more dates. So we were able to get one on a Friday night. What is the, for you, um, I love Hartford as, as, a, as a track that's a little bit bigger. Um, but it seems like the late model shows that get put on there are some of the best. Uh, with side-by-side racing and there's that. Uh, jockeying for a good position on that racetrack. And now with the reconfiguring, Hartford is tricky to get around. Uh, man, that late model show, I'm really excited for that, Tim. That's, that could be one of the best that we see. Well, we sure hope so. You know, with the reconfigure, it makes for better racing once they once they figure turn three out, you know. But it does <laughs> definitely make for better side-by-side racing. I don't think we've had late models there for maybe two years now, so this will be kind of cool to have them back again yeah you know without american ethanol it's been kind of hard to bring late models in because you guys don't run them on a weekly basis and um you talked about turn three man that that is a tricky turn and when i talk to drivers they talk about man hartford's great but turn three grabs you by surprise is there any uh discussion going on to changing the configuration of turn three or do you like the curveball that it throws to the drivers 
Well, when the track was a half mile, everybody complained because it was too hard on their equipment because all they did was run wide open. Sure. And I knew, I knew when I reconfigured it that if I just made turns three and four like turns one and two, even though it was a little bit smaller, it was going to be the same thing. So we actually kind of made turn three that way. So maybe you do have to let off the gas a little bit and try to figure it out. You know what I mean? Which, which in my opinion has made for a lot better racing. Yeah, I think the key to winning at Hartford is figuring out turn three. If you can not back it into the fence on the first turn, you might have a shot at winning at Hartford. <laughs> yep, you're exactly right. Now, Tim, uh, so so we got the Hell Tour coming. Let give uh, give our listeners a few other dates uh, that you have in the calendar that are going to be can't miss dates over at Hartford. Well, one that we're really excited about is uh, June 11th. We're going to have the IRA Sprint Cars. Um, which they haven't been in Michigan. I think I talked to Steve Sinclair probably in nine, ten years. So this is one of their first trips back to Michigan, and I think it's going to be really cool to have them. You know, people haven't seen them for a long time. Now, the, um, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's fine. Well, I was just going to say the IRA sprints, uh, you know, while we're talking about schedule, you, you guys are kind of rivaling a little bit uh, I-96 Speedway. You've got some exciting sprint car dates on your calendar. Yeah, I know they they have the All-Stars a couple times. We have IRAs. We all have GLSS, which is the common denominator, I guess, in the state of Michigan anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we have a couple dates with Sod, which I'm hoping that they can get things back going again. You know, I always loved Sod series. was always, always a, a fan favorite at Hartford, so I hope they get that rolling again. Um, possibly doing a couple lightning sprint nights and always the non-wing nights, too. Now, Tim, I was my my first uh, my first experience with Hartford was with the ethanol tours. Uh, we were there with the late model and modified tours. For someone who hasn't been to Hartford uh, for a night of racing, kind of kind of tell me what uh, what a fan is going to expect on a regular night over at Hartford. Well, I guess we try to consider ourselves the Disney World of Rake tracks. Um, we have very friendly staff very good pricing on our food and all that stuff. We run a very timely show. We start promptly at eight o'clock and try to be out by 11 and we just try to make sure everybody has a good time. What are some of the weekly divisions? I know you guys are, uh, and this is going to lead me into another question here. Uh, your UMP modified show there, you're one of the few tracks down in the Southern part of the state that are still committed to dirt car UMP modifieds. That is correct. I think there's only about three of us left in, in Michigan now mm-hmm. and you know a lot of my mods are Indiana guys because Indiana is still pretty heavy UMP so so we've stuck with it well and because of that you've teamed up with the, one of the other UMP tracks and uh, you've also teamed up with uh, uh, one of the Indiana tracks that you mentioned so you have Butler to the east and Indiana to the south talk to me about this uh, this little partnership that you have going on this summer um we work real good with Bob over at Butler. You know, we, we had on our schedule last year a couple, I'll call them challenge nights, um, best finisher on Friday and Saturday gets a bonus, and we're doing that again this year. We just haven't hammered out the dates yet. And trying to do the same thing with Plymouth, you know, try to get a couple nights there where if you finish good on Friday and Saturday at, at both tracks, you get a bonus. Actually, Hartford this year I have put in, um, if you race at Hartford on Friday and you go to your track, either Butler or Plymouth on Saturday and win, I'm a $100 bonus. 
And if you race at Harper on Friday and win and go to Plymouth or Butler Saturday and win, I'm giving you a $250 bonus. Wow. That is awesome. Now, what brought this on? What was the uh, – where, where did this idea come from to do that? Because this is awesome. This is like – um, this kind of takes me back to what I've heard racing in the nineties was like, you know, if you support track a, you're going to get some support from track B as well for, for working with those two tracks. So, so where did this idea originate from for you? Well, originally I, I actually kind of thought of it. I mean, I know they've done this kind of thing before, but I'm trying to get these tracks locally or, you know, I'll call them locally, the three tracks of us to get together on the rules and make it work to where, you know, there's some nights when I don't run a class. And my guys could easily go race at Plymouth or Butler on Saturday, you know, but the rules are kind of off right now. So that was my intent was, hey, guys, we need to get all our rules the same and and try to give these guys another place to race on a night that they're off at one of our tracks. And it's kind of working. I think guys are really interested in it. And, you know, it's got some attention. So hopefully the plan works before it's over. Now, Tim, we've talked to quite a few promoters and, a lot of them, depending where the track's located, are kind of all over the board. Uh, when are you guys looking to get things rolling here in 2021? We normally start a little bit later than most. Um, opening night will be May 21st is what our plan is. And then Memorial Day, we're doing something that we haven't done in a while. We're actually going to have a three-day show for the Memorial Day weekend. Um, we got GLSS wings coming on Friday, the non-wings coming on Saturday. And then uh, Drew Jack is actually using the track on Sunday. He's going to run his his touring series. So we're going to have a three-day weekend. We're going to promote camping and and maybe do some other fun stuff, car show maybe, band at the end of the Saturday night. We're just trying to make it a a good time for the weekend. Hey, hey, Rich, I know where we can take your camper on Memorial Day weekend. (laughs) Yeah, there we go. See, Tim, I just got a new camper, and we were talking about that. So now Zach's already planning weekends for us to use it. (laughs) There you go. And what I was going to for free, so how much better can it be? Hey, exactly. there you go. And and you know what I was going to say was what I when I made my first trip to Hartford, one thing I did notice, um, even though you're kind of out in an area out on on out in West Michigan, you are very very easy to get to right off of ninety four. Yeah, we're just I think two miles off ninety four. Yeah, so we're a piece of cake to get to. Eight seasons now as a promoter, Tim and, and Leah Dibble. Uh, we're talking with Tim tonight on Horsepower Happenings. In those eight seasons, and obviously the uh, the pandemic-shortened season in 2020, uh, what have been some of your favorite moments? Because, man, when I go to Hartford, those fans, they rally around you and what you're doing. Um, what has been one of your favorite things to do as a promoter thus far for Hartford? You know, I guess our goal is to put on a show for the fans. You know, you you – and I can probably vouch for every promoter, owner, promoter out there. You know, you, you really complain during the week when you're doing the work and you're out there mowing the grass and working the track and doing all that stuff. But on your race night, whether it be Friday, Saturday night, when you look up in that crowd and everybody's having a good time and, you know, the drivers are thanking you at the end of the night, you know, that's what it's all about to me. Now, we, we talk about that. We talk about how much fun you're having. Um, it came out a couple of, oh man, my timeline's a little little off here. I think it may have been two years ago, Tim, that Hartford was technically for sale. Now, is it still on the market? Um, not so much anymore. You know, that's, that's when our son got sick and we kind of, you know, I work a full-time job. My wife works a full-time job. Plus, we were doing the racetrack and he got sick, you know, and we didn't really know what our future was going to be with that whole thing. So, so that was why, you know, we said, hey, we need to, 
you know, a racetrack takes a lot of hours. A lot of people <laughs> don't understand that, but yeah. it, it does, you know. Now, so, obvi- obviously, uh, the future is is pretty well unknown for all of us at this time, but um, is your guys' plan then to stick with Hartford for as long as you can? Yep, yep, yep. That's the plan at this point. We're we're rolling forward until something changes. So any, any fans that are, uh, or any of our listeners that are checking out and, and learning about Hartford for the first time, Tim, when are you going to look uh, to have your complete schedule for 2021 ready to go for the fans? I would say within the next week. I have awesome. all my big shows planned, you know, sprint cars and the hell tour and all that stuff. So now basically I'm plugging in the rest of the week. We want to do a, a factory stock special a little different than what we've done in the past. We want to do a cyber stock special one night and actually we're going to try to do a, a mod special too. So I'm just trying to figure out the details on sponsorship and purses and all that stuff before I announce it. So this season at Hartford Speedway, one of the biggest and fastest racetracks you can find in the state of Michigan, you'll be able to find at some point sprint cars, late models, modifieds, uh, cyber stocks, the uh, street stock variant there. Uh, I'm sorry, what do you call them at your, at your track? Stock cars. Stock cars. You can find stock cars there. Yep. Um, no lack of action this season at Hartford Speedway. And, and Tim, where can folks find out more information if they are interested to uh, come on out and check it out? Our website is hartfordspeedway.net or Facebook, Hartford Motor Speedway on Facebook. Well, Tim, it's been a pleasure to chat with you tonight. And again, uh, follow along Hartford Motor Speedway. Um, it's always a pleasure to go to Hartford, uh, one of the best facilities in the state, and always puts on a good show. And, and Tim, we appreciate you joining us tonight on Horsepower Happenings. No problem. And I want to thank you guys for what you do. You know, I keep up with your site on Facebook, and you guys do a great job keeping the community informed on what's going on. So I appreciate that, too. All right, Tim. Thanks so much, man. Have a great night. Yep. Thank you, too. Well, some of the drivers you may see at Hartford Speedway this summer are currently in our HPH Best Driver Challenge presented by Domination Race Cars. And the uh, one that just wrapped up about an hour and a half ago was by far one of the most contested dirt late model contests we've had so far. Yeah, Zach, you know, it it was funny last night. I I like just keeping an eye on it as as the challenges go up. And I knew in the first 10 minutes last night when there were already 100 votes cast in the first 10 minutes that this was going to be a good one. And, uh, yeah, we, Chad Finley and Dona Marcoulier, what a matchup. And, uh, you know, you talked to Dona yesterday, and he says, you know, if this is a popularity contest, I'm in trouble. So uh, <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was kind of funny. But uh, Chad Finley uh, held him off in a tight battle and Chad Finley will we'll move on to the semifinals uh, this week. Yeah. Chad Finley, of course, uh, not just the popularity side of things, but no slouch as a wheelman either. Won a couple of times at Merritt Speedway this year has an I-96 track championship in his back pocket. Uh, did pretty well with the uh, all-star performance challenge series was no slouch with the American ethanol late model tour either. And he went down to Charlotte, uh, the uh, dirt track at Charlotte at the end of the season and put on a whale of a show down there as well. And, and I tell you what, you put him up against a guy like Dona Marcoulier, and I got to tell you, one of our uh, one of our loyal fans to Horsepower Happenings put it best. Brett, sa- uh, Brent says a six-time Woodtick winner, two-time American Ethanol Late Model Tour champion, and a three-time winner of ten thousand dollars to win late model races. It's pretty hard to bo- uh, to bet against Dona Marcoulier. Um, but a pair of rock star drivers in that one. And that was only for the shot at going to the semifinals, Rich. It's only going to get better from here. 
And you can have, you, you know what, what Brent forgot to mention, and they're right around 200 career wins and a Hell Tour victory in his pocket as well. Uh, that was a great battle. That really was. I mean, um, you know, it, it could it could have went it could have went either way, and uh, you know, both all of the supporters for Dona and Chad uh, came up on this one, and it, and it was awfully nice to see. Now, coming up tomorrow night, it's going to be a battle of uh, one driver who has raced against another one for quite some time. One of these drivers, though, is kind of starting to uh, go into submission, while the other one is coming on stronger than ever. Jeep Van Warmer. And Rusty Schlank will be the next matchup for a shot at going into the semifinals. And then, Rich, after that, it's time to move into semifinal land, and we'll do that on Thursday. It'll be Brandon Thurlby versus Chad Finley. And then it'll be David Malky versus either Rusty Schlank or Jeep Van Warmer for a shot at going to the finals. So uh, this is going to get really interesting coming down to the wire for the uh, Best Driver Challenge. And we and we knew, uh, we knew, you know, we had, everybody was waiting on the dirt guys, and you know, with the dirt stuff, you, you, we didn't have that many close ones early. But uh, as we get into the semifinals, Zach, whoever it is, they are going to be very, very interesting. I can yeah. tell you that. HPH Best Driver Challenge presented by Domination Race Cars. Look for it on the Horsepower Happenings Facebook page. Well, Rich, it's time for our final week of honoring the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club um, uh, member track champions. And so I'll let you introduce us to uh, a guy who really needs no introduction, but, you know, uh, consistency. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not after a couple of weeks, Zach, but uh, you're right. Our final night of honoring our Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club member champions across our state. Uh, I'm so glad we were able to, able to help to give back and help out in some way, uh, whether it's big or small, to, to help these drivers. And back with us is the president of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, Bill Barnhart. Welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks again for having uh, having me and uh, having the, doing this uh, for the club and uh, giving us a chance to honor the champions uh, is is a great thing. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, this, this has been so cool over the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, we want to thank you for reaching out, and uh, obviously, we would all rather enjoy this doing this together in person. Um, but this has been so cool to do, and really an uh, an honor for Zach and I as well to help you guys out. Well, like I said, you know, uh, it was just something that was, uh, somebody made the mention about it, about you guys and Horsepower Happenings, and uh, I said, well, yeah, well, let me talk, call Rich, and, and got it situated, and you guys all got together and said, yeah, let's do it, and so, and I'm glad we are, because, uh, you know, I think the champions of this uh, past season still need to be honored, even if it's just posthumously, or, you know, this way, instead of actually receiving an award at our banquet, but you know, as everything else has been said before, it's just not happening at all because it would have been last week and it would have been great weather for a banquet. Could you mention that? <laughs> yeah, that would have been something, wouldn't it? It would have been great. It would have been first time great weather that you didn't have to freeze your uh, <laughs> fanny off coming to our banquet. Uh, we're making up for the weather tonight, though, so uh, there you go. Yeah. Um, talk to me about the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. We, we at the very beginning, the first week, which you can go back and find that show on demand, <laughs> Um, you know, the, the, it's a, it's kind of a board of, of persons, uh, Bill, talk to me a little bit about that process. And, uh, I understand you have some elections coming up. Yeah, we have some elections coming up in, in the past, uh, you know, our board of directors have, uh, um, we've had a vast quantity of, uh, different people, uh, on the board, uh, uh, in our 54, 55 year history, there's been actually 81 different members of the board of directors, uh, along with the original founding uh, fathers is what we call them, Vito and uh, um, 
Barbara Piccolo, Willis and uh, Marion Flaxstra, and then uh, Barb, uh, Bob and Norma Lewis, who started it back in 65. And uh, I just want to give a shout out uh, to one of our past presidents and a very instrumental uh, instrumental person in for the fan club over the years. And he was uh, a person who did a lot for us uh, and was president at uh, two different times for a total of 12 years. And that's Bill Stone. Bill Stone is uh, he's in his mid 80s now. Unfortunately, he's uh, uh, in a uh, assisted living center. He has a problem with uh, Alzheimer's, and but his vast knowledge that he had and what he did for the club all those years was just outstanding. And uh, we keep tabs on him through his family, and he's he's health wise he's doing really good. But he just you know he remembers everything back 30 years ago, but right now not much. But uh, I just want to give a shout-out to him because he was instrumental in getting me on the board of directors some 24 years ago and helped me get in that position, and he also pushed me to become president. But with our election that's coming up in April, um, you know, we've got uh, like four positions that uh, are going to definitely need to be filled because we do have a couple of people who are retiring and moving on with their lives, and uh, uh, unfortunately they can't – be around helping us on the board anymore. So it's critical we try to get some of these younger people to, uh, you know, to help join us uh, to get their uh, feet wet, so to speak, uh, on the on the board in order to be able to take our our club forward. As uh, some of the current board members are getting a little bit on the, the senior side, <laughs> as I'll call it. But uh, it's it's important that we try to get some. Uh, younger people with different fresh air ideas to come in and help us out to keep the club going forward. And uh, in April, we'll be having that. Uh, and uh, I haven't had a chance to get the meeting scheduled as of yet. Uh, sometime in April, uh, we'll get that done. And if anybody's interested in becoming a board member and helping out, I mean, it's, it's just, uh, it's not a lot to, uh, I'd say in, in the, helping out with the board as it's just a little bit of time. We've got it situated right now that we've got a great way we do with the board is we don't have to have uh, meetings for the board every month or anything like that. We have twice a year, maybe three times a year, we get together to vote on the banquet awards. And in the spring, we get together to line up all of our fan club day events and uh, get our membership tracks ready and roll in who's going to take care of uh, volunteering at each of the different tracks. Volunteering at a fan club track, you don't have to be a board of directors. You can, If you're just a regular member of the club and you want to help out and you know how to sign people up, you can contact us and help us out at one of the fan club dates. That's always greatly appreciated. Greatly appreciated. Well, Bill, yeah. uh, I tell you what, we, we are, as Rich said, we're happy to be able to help with that. And again, it, one more time, if anybody is interested in joining the board, uh, what's the easiest way to get involved with that and, and uh, try to be a part of that process in April? Uh, if, they want to, if they're very interested in it, all they got to do is contact me at president at marfat.org. They send me an email saying, hey, I'm interested. Leave your phone number and name on the an email. I'll contact you, and we can talk talk about it. And if you're really interested, show up at the April meeting, get nominated, get voted on the board, and we'll be glad to help you, put you to work, and help us get our club moving forward into the future and through the next decade. 
Well, without further ado, let's go ahead and honor tonight's champions for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club member tracks. Tonight they come from Tri-City Motor Speedway and Arthur Raceway. This is Dylan Mercouillier, uh, late model track champion at Tri-City Motor Speedway. I uh, just kind of want to give a shout out to uh, to my great sponsors, uh, uh, Patrick Plumbing. Um, without without bubbers, I mean, we, would, we wouldn't have the stuff we have today. Uh, Dennis Craft Construction, uh, Jimmy's Collision, Randall's Collision, Wild True Value Hardware, uh, Roscoe Auto Recyclers, McBain Body Shop, Todd Roosevelt Trucking, uh, All-Star, Click Car, KBC Graphics, and of course my great engine builder, uh, Matt Ryan, Ryan Competition Engines. You know, without all these guys and the great help, um, just a fantastic 2020. I know we didn't get to race as much as we wanted to with COVID, but uh, got, got some great things for 2021. Hopefully we can uh, stay open. And uh, I just want to take a minute to thank all the fans and the racetrack owners and uh, you know, Mike Blackmere uh, for buying Tri-City and uh, give us an opportunity to race and have some fun and uh, do a good job for him and his fans. This is Nate Jones, driver of the number 79 IMCA Modified at Tri-City Motor Speedway. Um, I'd just like to thank Ostrom Racing and Razor Chassis and all the other people that are behind us and helped us win the 2020 Track Championship. This is Don Fromm from M25 Racing. I raced my way to becoming the track champion at Tri-City Motor Speedway this past year. I would like to thank my wife, my fans, and Michigan Automobile Racing Fan Club for recognizing my championship. Thank you. Um, Kendall Morrison from Bay City, Michigan. I am Tri-City Motor Speedway's 2020 Pro Stock Track Champion. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody that uh, helped me out this year. Uh, first off, I gotta thank the good Lord Jesus Christ. Next, I gotta thank my mom, my dad, my brother DJ, my brother Rob, uh, my beautiful fiance Alexis, uh, my buddy Bailey, and uh, David Milky for all the great help that they did for me this year in the pits and in the garage. And I'd like to thank uh, Michael T. Canuti Dumpster Rentals, UFFC Church of God, Saginaw Welding Supply, Great Lakes Directional Drilling, Jimmy Shock, uh, Jared Snyder out of Am uh, from Amsoil, and uh, Chris Speaker from Eagle One Bait Company, and Huskins Floor Covering. Hi, this is Camille Fitzpatrick, the Arthur Raceway Purple Plate Champion. I would like to thank my mom, dad, all my family, and my grandparents. My sponsors, Cart to Cart, Head Rush, CF Off-Road, SS Stripping, CDS Performance Coatings, Inline Tube, Crybaby Performance, G5 Cold Air Inductions, Memphis Motors, Jim, Jimmy, Larry, Woody, Biker Bob, Dave, and the rest of the gang at Arthur Raceway. Hi, my name is Carter Nossin and 2020 Arthur Raceway Clone Junior Purple Plate, third place. Thank you to my mom, dad, and grandpa. And a big thank you to my sponsors, Bird Watson Chevrolet, Bird Watson Chevrolet, Buick, and Deals on Wheels. This season we struggled. Uh, we hope to have a better season in 2021. This is Joe Walter, second place Blue Flake Clone Junior 3 at Arthur Raceway. And the sponsors are that I'd like to thank are Sand Lake Sports Bar, Ed Fisher, the Hafner family, my grandma and grandpa, and my mom and dad. And thank you all for a great season. Hello, I'm Stephanie Fitzpatrick, the 2020 Arthur Raceway Cage Cart Champion and driver of the number 12 Cage Cart, sponsored by CF Off-Road and New Way Cleaning. I would like to thank my husband, Chris, my family and friends, Calvin, Cohen, Sue, Eric, Stacy, Anthony, and Johnny Hubbard for all the help last season. Hello, I'm Chris Fitzpatrick, the 2020 Arthur Raceway Stock Predator Champion and driver of the number 12 cart, sponsored by Tri-County Golf Carts, No Limit Carts, and blue water air compression. I would like to thank my wife, Stephanie, my sons, Calvin and Cohen, my mom, my brother, Eric, my sister-in-law, Stacy, 
Anthony, and the rest of my friends for all their support. This is June Walter, third place rookie experience at Arthur Raceway. My sponsors are Sam Lake Sports Bar, Ed Fisher, the Hackner family, my grandma and grandpa, and mom and dad. Thank you all for a great season. And a special thanks to my big brother Joe for teaching me how to race. Hello, I'm Calvin Fitzpatrick, the 2020 Arthur Raceway rookie novice champion and the driver of the number 12 cart, sponsored by Cart to Cart and SS Stripping. I would like to thank Mom, Dad, Grandma, Uncle Eric, and Aunt Stacy, Cammy, Cohen, and Anthony for all the help last season. And a couple of drivers we couldn't get with, uh, champions and representatives from Arthur Raceway, Kingston Mansfield, the third-place rookie novice class, Scott Apperson Jr., the second-place rookie novice class, Jaden Ford, second-place experienced rookie junior one class, uh, Liam Ermanic, the experienced rookie junior one class, as well as Addison Klink, the open predator champion, and Addison was the second-place purple plate clone junior, we had John Hubbard, the Open Class Champion, Rick Radabaugh, the Flathead Class Champion, Stephen Jacot, the Animal Class Champion, and then also from Arthur Raceway, Zach Schlaud, the Clone Masters Champion, and third place Blue Plate Clone Junior 3, uh, or third place finisher rather, James Rutledge, the Blue Plate Clone Junior 3 Champion, all from Arthur Raceway. From Tri-City Motor Speedway, uh, Kyron DeShano, the unrestricted mini wedge champion. A big shout out as well to Jet Gore, the restricted mini wedge champion, and Jason Begaman, the street stock champion from Tri City Motor Speedway. And there you go, that puts a bow on it. The icing is on the cake for the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club champions this year. Um, you know, again, Bill, Wild Bill, it's not how we all wanted to do it, but uh, proud to be able, as Rich said, to honor these champions and at least give them some recognition, give their fans, give their sponsors. And, uh, you know, give their race teams at least a, a little bit of a chance to to say something about the 2020 season. Yeah, it's, it's very important, uh, you know, that uh, they get the opportunity to do that. Because you know, a lot of them aren't uh, able to do it at their own banquets because some of the tracks aren't able to host their own banquets. And some of them are trying, but you still want to be able to uh, put that out there. And this is a good way of being able to, that their sponsors along with their family, friends, and and uh, fans can, can be a part of it. Bill, what um, when do you have to decide? I know we're you know just almost a year away from the next banquet, but what, when do you have to know what's kind of going on um, before you can start planning for next January? I'm already doing that right awesome. now. We're, we uh, when I when we close the books on the banquet, which would have been you know a week ago Saturday night on, on the sixteenth. Uh, when I close the books on that there, I usually take about a week off just to mellow out a little bit, and then I'm already hard back at work working on, you know, getting everything situated for the following banquet. And that leads to fan club day events and, you know, connecting with all the track promoters and stuff to be able to get uh, their champions uh, ready to roll. And once once uh, that all comes about, then probably somewhere in late uh, August, September, I start trying to get with the tracks and I keep an eye on who's winning championships and then they all get with me and they'll line them up and then the, the invitations are sent out and uh, uh, it just it just barrel rolls from there from the end of September 
till the day of the banquet. It just it just a constant that wheel's constantly rolling. For more information on the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, log on to marfc.org. That is Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club.org, marfc.org, or you can find them on Facebook at Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club. And then again, uh, Bill, they can email you if they have any questions or if they're interested in being a member president at marfc.org. Is that correct? Correct. All right. Bill, it's been a pleasure to uh, do this to recognize the champions. Thanks for reaching out, and uh, thanks for letting us do this and and recognize those uh, over 80 champions that we had this year. I I appreciate you guys' help with this, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to the tracks and being able to meet up with you guys in person and uh, being able to chit-chat face-to-face. And uh, uh, I enjoy listening to this program uh, and uh, I appreciate everything you guys did to make this happen. And uh, we got our fingers crossed, and we got our right foot slammed down on the, ex- <laughs> on the accelerator, hoping that everything goes green for the rest of this summer. That's Wild Bill Barnhart, the president of the Michigan Auto Racing Fan Club, joining us tonight here on Horsepower Happenings. All right, well, as we look ahead, Rich, it's all about the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series right now. My gosh. Uh, they had almost 80 cars down at East Bay tonight. They're still trying to set the field for that uh, grand finale down there at East Bay. And uh, what a great racing they had at Alltech. I'm excited to watch this thing unfold down at East Bay because, my gosh, those guys are putting on a show this week. Yeah, I know how long it took uh, when I was out uh, at the Wild West Shootout in Arizona when they had 59 cars. <laughs> uh, I know how many heat races they they had and how many last chance races they had to, to make that show uh, I cannot believe what it is. I'm going to try and catch some of that. Uh, I just needed to get away from a little bit of little, little bit of racing and, and kind of chill out for a little bit. But, uh, you know, you can't stay away too long. No. Uh, those guys, those uh, those those guys on the dirt down there in Florida put on a heck of a show every speed weeks, every event that they have. So, um, you know, you were able to catch some of it. I'm going to have to shoot in right behind you and catch it myself. Uh, Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, by the way, at East Bay Raceway Park, and then they'll go to Bubba Raceway Park. They are going to run eight races uh, in the span of uh, 10 days. Uh, so it's it's going to be out of control for the Lucas uh, Dirt Series. And then uh, they're going to take a break before they go to Chillicothe, Ohio, uh, at the end of March to take on Atomic Speedway as they kind of come up into our region a little bit. And, man, uh, Lucas Oil, one of the arguably best dirt late model series in the nation. A lot of fun to watch at East Bay. Coming up more locally, Rich, uh, we are not that far away, let's be honest, from uh, some racing coming back up here. But some of our local drivers are going to be going to New Smyrna to be challenging what they have going on next week. Yeah, a couple of them announced uh, Hayden Sprague is going to head back down to New Smyrna. Uh, Last year, he finished fourth in the World Series in the points in the pro late model division. He's heading back to uh, down to New Smyrna. And um, and I just saw today uh, the gentleman that everybody feared would go back down to New Smyrna and show up and bring his modified uh, with him, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Travis Eddy, once again, going back uh, to stake his claim to another World Series championship at New Smyrna. Uh, over speed week so that should be interesting as well and don't forget uh we understand andrew scheid is expected to make his uh 
new Smyrna debut down there. He did some testing a couple of months ago, and according to Mike Blackmere uh, from a couple of months ago, Andrew is expected to compete down at the World Series. Haven't seen anything on that in a little while, but uh, that's the latest that we knew was that Andrew was going to be down there. So there will be some Michigan representative, uh, Michigan representation at New Smyrna Speedway if nothing else, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, Rich, anything else coming up on your calendar, man? I know it's only January, but my gosh, uh, we're, we're starting to really think about some racing. Haven't we done enough yet? Gosh, <laughs> I, I, know, uh, I don't know. This is kind of my little, uh, I, th- I think end of January to middle of February is typically my downtime where, where, where I kind of regroup, uh, have a few extra cups of coffee and kind of get the, you know, tighten up my belt a little bit and kind of get my feet underneath me. And then uh, when I head down to Florida, I'll be I'll be going down there for about ten or eleven days. Maybe catch a couple late model races down there after Speed Weeks. So I'll, I'll be down there after the Daytona Five Hundred. Uh, catch a little bit of that. Hang out with my buddy Gary Lindahl for a while and have some Pepsi's like we always do. And. Uh, and then by the time we get back, we know racing is just around the corner in our region. We'll see how long that lasts. I got an idea. You'll be uh, ready to go for more racing coming up here uh, well before you think you're ready for it. Uh, that's going to do it for Season 2 of Horsepower Happenings, and that's going to do it for tonight's episode of Horsepower Happenings. It's been our pleasure to bring you racing action all summer, all fall, all spring, what we had of it here in the Great Lakes region, and we hope that you will keep us in your favorites tab, horsepowerhappenings.com. We hope you'll follow along on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have very exciting things coming up in the near future, some announcements coming out about what we're going to be covering, how you'll be able to stay in touch with us, and the great things that you'll be able to find on this podcast right here, horsepowerhappenings.com. Be sure to follow us on all the major podcast platforms, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it, we're there, and have a great night. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.